Hello and welcome to the Nourish Practice podcast, a podcast focused on all things intuitive eating, intuitive movement and helping you heal your relationship to food while moving away from diet culture in hopefully a nice relaxed way. There'll be a mixture of solo episodes and guest interviews. Any topics you would like included just send me a DM on Instagram at Nourish Practice and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This week we are talking about the 1200 calorie myth what it means, where it comes from, and how to move away from it a little bit. So to begin with, a trigger warning, there'll be a lot of discussion of calories. I mean, make it a drinking game. I'm going to say it so many times. So if that's triggering for you, you don't want to hear it talked about, you're just not in a place to listen to that, absolutely fine. There's a whole back catalogue of episodes for you to enjoy, hopefully, and listen to, and we'll see you next week with the next episode. So take that space, put that boundary in place if you need to. With that, we will continue. So the reason that I wanted to put this out there and 1,200 calories is just a really common myth, but it may be 1,500, 1,800 um, that you were stuck on. And I have a lot of discovery calls with potential clients. Do send me a message if you want the link. Uh, where we discuss current approaches to food, previous diets, and basically where you're at on your food journey. And a lot of people say, I'm currently on a 1200, 1500, etc. calorie diet, either by a professional or by Googling it, using a calorie counter, following their favourite influencer, etc. Um, but they get really stuck on those sort of numbers. So I just want to delve into why 1200 calories, where'd it come from, and why we kind of stick on this number a little bit. So apps such as MyFitnessPal, and I've been there, I used it years ago, seem to put a daily target of around 1,200 calories for women, especially if you put your sedentary or lightly active. Varies for men, but often with women. And once something becomes accepted and validated through the realm of social media, it tends to stick. So at one point it was making the rounds on TikTok. I googled it earlier because I don't use TikTok and it's still kind of there. There are still fitness professionals body recomp coaches, I say that with inverted commas, um, still promoting and saying this is absolutely healthy, this is what I do every day, and those people are working out for hours because it is their job. So let me assure you, first of all, it's not. Um, But apparently the hashtag 1200 calories on TikTok has over 76 million views. So we're still accepting it, we're still looking at it, we're still watching it. And probably those people are making money off it, but let's not go into that. Um, Apparently it's not new. So looking it up, this sort of idea of calories in, calories out and sort of working it out has been around for a long, long time. And it was exacerbated in World War One because it became a sort of social form of rationing. So when rationing was no longer enforced, there was still this idea that you shouldn't hoard food. You should have your allotted amount and the amount that you needed to be healthy. And since then, it's had a sort of hold on America. The rest of the world has not been immune to it. It has made its way round. And it's become, again, very socially accepted. It seems to have always been there. I've known about it for years. Lots of people just quote it as, yeah, it's really well known. And a bit like 10,000 steps, it's just an arbitrary number that has been given value. Apparently, the US National Institute of Health once published a 1,200-calorie meal plan And they declared it the fewest calories in average, whatever that means, person can eat without it negatively impacting their health. So they're not saying calories to thrive, calories to move, anything like that. They are saying this is the minimum you can have without impacting your health. It may be they're saying that without moving if you're completely sedentary. 
and if you're just moving every day, too low for you. According to some more recent guidelines, that's about enough calories for someone up until the age of seven. So let that sink in. If that is what you're currently eating, that is what is recommended for a seven-year-old child. And once they hit seven, that will go up depending on their needs. So what is a calorie? The dictionary definition is a unit of energy equivalent to the heat energy needed to raise a temperature of one gram of water by one degree Celsius. Not what you expected, right? It is a unit of energy and due to the caloric theory of heat. If you look at it, I had a quick skim through the Wikipedia page because, you know, scientific and all that. Um, It's very much to do with chemical theories rather than what we use it for, which is food. We use it to mean energy per mass of metabolizing different types of food. So fat, carbs, protein and indeed alcohol all burn differently. And during my master's in nutrition, you get to do a fun thing where you blend up loads of food, put it in a powder and burn it. So you burn some protein, burn some fat, burn some carbs and you get to see exactly how it burns and how it burns differently. Which we wouldn't do. So back in the day, someone would have burnt loads of different food, worked out the calorie for it. And we're still using a lot of those historical databases. But calories aren't just used for we take them in, we quote unquote burn them. We use them to breathe, to grow cells, to repair our body, lots of other functions. They're used in our immune system. They're used everywhere. So it's not just, ah, this will make me gain weight, lose weight. It is, this is what is driving my body. And caloric needs, so how many calories you need, if we're imagining that you need a certain amount each day, will be affected by your age, your weight, your gender, your activity level, your hormones, your temperature, your stress, so many other things. May even be a genetic component, we don't know. Which is why an app or calculation that you've Googled is not going to be accurate for your unique set of parameters day to day. It may be that it's a hot day, it's a cold day, your body will respond to that. It may be that, oh, you're really sedentary, but today you've been super active walking around a little bit more. Maybe you slept more, slept less. So many other things. And if you're someone who experiences a menstrual cycle, the point at which you are in your cycle will affect how many calories you need. It affects things like your body temperature, the hormones being produced your hunger, your appetite, all those sorts of things. And also your activity level will be affected by it as well. Weight loss and weight gain also affect your metabolic rate. So some studies have found that after you lose weight, your body will continue to produce appetite-stimulating hormones for quite a long time after you lose it. And again, relating back to that episode on set point theory, there is the idea that your body kind of wants to sit at a certain weight and so it will keep producing those hormones to try and take you back to it. The Biggest Loser study showed that long-term effects of slowing your metabolism when you lose a dramatic amount of weight, like the Biggest Loser contestants, and they were tested years after they'd experienced that rapid weight loss. So your body does accommodate and adapt to gaining weight, losing weight, even if it was a little while ago. And a note on activity levels here, if you're using an app or a calculator, categories like sedentary, lightly active, really are going to be different for everyone. What I might consider to be a sedentary day or a lightly active day for me might be completely different to you. And if you put in sedentary and actually you have a really active day, would you go in the app and change that? Would you sit down and work out the difference? Even things like watches, whether you use an Apple Watch, a Fitbit, etc., they will say when they pop up during exercise, it cannot be a completely accurate account of calorie burn because so many other things we take taken into account. 
And apparently our bodies somewhat adapt. So if we go from completely sedentary to super active, over time our body just accommodates. It's great at adaptation. Does that mean we need to go back into the calculator and change super active to lightly active because we've accommodated? You can see all the steps that are having to come in in order to be somewhat even in the ballpark figure of what we actually need. So how can an app work it out? And calorie counting can act as a bit of a slippery slope to becoming a bit obsessed with food, maybe experiencing disordered eating. And in some stages, it has been linked with eating disorder pathology. So it's not a one leads to the other. It's saying if you're engaging with calorie counting, you are more likely potentially to experience an eating disorder further down the line. It can make you obsessed with the numbers to the point that you can look at a coffee and know its numerical value in calories. You know that X amount of grams of chicken equals X amount of calories. Even if it's not conscious, it's subconscious. You're always thinking about it and you always know roughly how many calories you have in a day. You can become entrenched in diet culture. Maybe accidental. You start searching on TikTok for 1200 calorie meals or recipes or diet plans. Before you know it, the algorithm has gone great. Their interest in diets, you're being shown body progress photos, weight loss videos, being shamed, being shown very thin influences. And it can be hard to get out of that cycle. What you're taking in will affect your mental state when it comes to food in your body. And that'll be more and more thrown at you. It's an easy gateway to other diets. If 1200 calories doesn't work and you think this doesn't work for me, maybe you try Weight Watchers. Maybe you try metabolic confusion. I don't know what it is either. Again, I looked up TikTok diets that came up. Clean 90, hard 70, all that sort of stuff. And as we know, diets don't work, but you're entering into that restriction cycle. Maybe restriction binge or just that restriction and diet failing, feeling guilt and shame, back to restriction. Just going around in that circle and you've entered into it. Eating low calories can put your risk for amenorrhea. So that means losing your menstrual cycle, which can have a whole range of side effects, mental and physical, that can put you at risk for disordered eating or disordered body image. It can create that negative body image. So it may be that you start body checking, under eating, looking in the mirror more. You start to equate the calorie and the numerical value with how you should treat and how you should respect your body. It can lead to weight cycling and yo-yo dieting, which I have a whole article on on the website. Just type in weight cycling 101. And this can have so many negative effects on the relationship with our body and our relationship with food. A lot of people will hit this diet really hard, lose some weight, but it's not sustainable, as all diets aren't. And then they gain the weight, so they hit it even harder. And that cycle keeps going, keeps going. And you're tuning out of all your body's cues. If your body is hungry, but you've hit 1200 calories and you decide I'm not eating anymore you are directly ignoring your body's cues to eat and saying I'm not full I'm not satisfied the more you learn to push that away push that away you'll stop listening you'll stop hearing it you are now out of sync with your body you are overriding it with external information it's all about control do you have enough control of your body to limit it to a certain number of calories and this can be appealing if it feels like the rest of your life is a little bit out of control a lot of eating disorders are about control can you control your body can you control what it looks like do you have enough quote-unquote willpower and none of that is true it's just that mental thing that we tell ourselves of i am in control but actually it's a disordered eating and those sort of thoughts that become in control and can be hard to get out of so what do you do if you've always calorie counted and you want to stop first of all know that 
a lot of people, I was going to say everyone, most people have been through it. Again, like I said, I used to use my fitness pal back in the day when I first trained as a personal trainer. It was what you did. I have to eat this amount of protein, this many calories, etc, etc. It didn't last very long. I very much was like, right, I've gone over the breakfast count already. I can see how this day is going. And it would be like, ah, let's go out for dinner. Oh, well, I only have X amount of calories. That's not going to affect how I eat. So it just didn't work with me. I knew what I wanted to do. But for some people, they've calorie counted for years. No, it's super common and it may take a while to get out of, especially if it's a habit of every morning you reach for your phone, you reach for that app or you work out the calories. Just know it's going to take continual effort and awareness in order to move away from that. Maybe you start intuitive eating, allowing you to tune in with when you are hungry, full and most importantly, satisfied. So starting through those steps maybe with the health of a nutritionist, hint, hint, um, or working through by yourself and you start to tune back in with those cues and with your body. Focus on addition, not subtraction. So what can you add that is going to increase the nutrient value of your meals and day, leaving you feeling fueled and nourished? Even if it just helps tell your brain, I'm going to take a step back from calorie counting, but I'm still going to focus on health. If that helps you justify it to yourself, there can be a, a real worry of losing control. I'm just going to become quote unquote unhealthy. And again, that's something you can deal with further on in that black and white thinking. But if you just focus on what can I add? What can leave me feeling satisfied? What will help me fuel my day? Then that will help with that mindset a little bit. Break up with the tools of calorie counting. Delete the app. Remove the scale. Try and use non-caloried menus. You can ask for them or try and find them. Sometimes they're one side calories, one side without. Try and use as many tools as you can to not engage with calorie counting. Build a support network. If it helps to discuss with friends and family, especially if you're out for food or having breakfast, things like when you're preparing breakfast, being on the phone to a friend or listening to a podcast or doing something where you are, if you're chatting, you're not weighing your food. You're not tracking your food. You are using distraction as a means to help you. Maybe make a list of all the things that you don't like about calorie counting. It's made you super aware of food. It means you comment on other people's food. It means you judge their food. Things like this that maybe you go, it means I skip plans with friends. It means I will starve for a whole morning so that I can go out for dinner, which is not sustainable. Maybe it's leading you to be tired, to not sleep very well, to get brain fog, all these sorts of things. Maybe if you're someone who is worried about fertility and it's causing you to lose your menstrual cycle, that is a big factor. So make a note of why you are doing this. Maybe have it on your phone or written down so you can refer to it as and when you can. You've got that visual aid. Why do I want to stop calorie counting? And if you're thinking, but I eat 1200 calories and feel fine. I want you to define what fine is to you. We become quite accustomed. Again, our bodies are amazing at adapting to being underfueled. But check in, do you get brain fog quite often and can't concentrate? Do you get ravenous at mealtimes? Do you find yourself thinking about food a lot, planning about food a lot, and using up a lot of mental energy around food? Do you feel cranky? Do you get hangry? Do you feel dizziness? Do you get headaches? Do you eat, quote-unquote, diet versions of foods or healthy versions of food that you say, oh, these taste like the real thing, but everyone around you says, nope, nothing like it. Do you maybe experience binging sometimes? Or do you have cheat meals, as you like to call it, and find yourself out of control there? Do you think this is sustainable? Do you think you can do it long term? Is it affecting things like relationships and friendships when you can't go out for meals because it doesn't hit the calories that you want? Start to think about those sorts of things and say, are you feeling fine? Are you just struggling through? 
And also check in, are you often sick? So low calories can impair the production of immune cells and antibodies. And the hormones that are released when we don't eat enough can cause an inflammatory response. And this means your body's on high alert, your immune system weakens. So one hallmark of underfueling is constant sickness, getting colds quite a lot, always feeling slightly under the weather, slightly run down. That can be a sign that you're not fueling enough. Basically, are you used to functioning, functioning on a battery half full? And sometimes it's not until we stop and think that we go, yeah, actually, I'm not at 100%. What would it feel like to run on 100, to have a bit more mental space that's not focused on food all the time? Start to reflect on that and see, actually, do I want to move away from calorie counting? Because I think it's going to allow me to run on that 100, feel myself better and improve my health without turning into that slightly obsessive side of things. And if you decide, you know what, calorie counting for me right now is really working, then that's on you. Maybe in the future you start to engage with intuitive eating or you start to go, actually, yeah, I am getting headaches quite often. I am getting tired. Or a friend says, we haven't been out for dinner in ages or I want to go to a restaurant that isn't quote unquote healthy that we always go to. Things like that. Maybe you start to reflect. It may be a longer journey than right now. But do take that time to reflect because if you are especially, like I said, 1,200, although it might vary, if you are eating 1,200 calories, that is enough to sustain a seven-year-old. If you're super active, if you're in the gym, you're running, even just walking around quite a lot during the day, you are probably not fueling yourself enough 